Uh, All right, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to Matthew. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we'll jump right into the Lord's Prayer today. So let's go ahead and stand in the honor of reading God's Word. And we'll finish up what we kind of started last week. And by finish up, I mean just continue on as we... Uh, we'll just continue every week. We'll see how far we get this week. And uh, But Matthew chapter 6, we're reading the Lord's Prayer beginning in verse 9. So if you've got your Bibles, Matthew chapter 6 beginning in verse 9. Jesus says, Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's pray. O great God and Father, what joy to get to come before you today and worship you, to gather with other believers and just, just praise your name. Just to long to learn from you, to worship you together, to... Declare how great your faithfulness is, that your steadfast love endures forever. All these things, that you are a God of, of justice and mercy and grace. And, and Father, that you will, you know, that one day the coastlands will be crying out for your justice. I mean, Father, to be a part of that uh, is a blessing. And so, Father, I pray today we would give you the praise that you deserve. Uh, the praise that will be yours one way or the other. Uh, so, Father, may we honor you today with our hearts, with our minds, uh, with our bodies. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so last week we started looking at this final sort of request or final two requests of the the Lord's Prayer, asking God not to lead us into temptation, but instead deliver us from evil. You find this in verse 13, uh, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And so uh, just sort of a refresher from what we learned last week that was the the first part of this. Even if you got last week's week's notes, these notes will continue on uh, in those. But uh, we we also had the notes at the back that, that go with this week as well. But, but last week we saw that the words, so when you're, you're looking in your Bible, the words for, for testing, the words for trial, the word for temptation, that they all are the same word in your Bibles, the same word that's true in the Old Testament, it's true in the New Testament. There's not, you know, in other words, there's not a word for when we're tested, and then there's a, not a different word for when we go through trials, and then a, another word when we're tempted, that biblically in the Greek and the Hebrew, they're the, the same word, uh, that they're the same word, the, the same idea. And so then we ask, well, what, what is that word and what does it mean? What is, what is this word that can, that can be translated as trials or can be translated as tested or can be translated as, as tempted? What word lies behind that? And we saw that, that the words in both, and this is the interesting thing of the Lord, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament, the words in the Hebrew and the Greek both carry the idea of a time of stretching. Uh, a time of, of testing, finding something limits. Uh, and so we talked about how we can find ourselves in situations that seem to be stretching us. Now, sometimes that stretching can be a good thing and that it can reveal our weak spots. And when we go through times of stretching where the Lord is stretching us or a situation is stretching us, we can look and, and see where the cracks are and we can deal with those. And if we hadn't been stretched, we wouldn't uh, have known that. But there can also be uh, times of stretching that because of, of our unfaithfulness lead to uh, like a tearing, so to speak, where it was stretching 
tempting, and then we gave in. We gave in to the temptation. We didn't complete the trial. We failed the test, however you want to, however you want to word it. And it's been interesting, just after talking about that and, and that, what that word means and, and, and asking God here not to lead us into these times of stretching, uh, several of you have, have been able to, to message me and, and transition into that sort, of, that sort of thought, into thinking about the tests that you're going through and to see them as, okay, these are, I'm just being stretched here. That's what's going on. This is what I'm dealing with is, is stretching me. Uh, and some of you uh, messaged me and, and told me that you're going through times of stretching. Uh, and, and some of you said, I feel like I'm stretching and I'm about to break. Uh, even one of those sorts of, of stretching. So uh, we, we, we saw this idea of temptation, trials, testing as times of, of stretching and that we're asking the Lord not to lead us into those. And remember the word we saw for lead there is, is not so much, you know, pointing something in the dire- someone in the direction of something. Uh, it's, it's to bring someone to something. It's the word used to describe the friends when they brought their friend to see Jesus. Uh, that's the, that's the word uh, used there. So when we pray, lead us not into temptation, we're asking God not to place us, don't bring me, don't bring us, don't bring us into times of stretching, times of trials, times of temptation, times of testing, however you want to, to translate that. But we've got this prayer. There can be a reticence on our part to pray that prayer. There can be a reticence, even though, even though we're commanded by Jesus to do this, the reality is sometimes there can be reasons that we shy away from asking God not to lead us into temptation. There can be reasons that we look at this prayer and we're a little bit shy to pray it. And, and they can, several of them, I just thought of a few. Uh, sometimes we don't pray this prayer because we can feel like it is wrong to ask out of testing, right? Like, uh, like we're the school child who's like, t- the test comes, uh, the time of stretching is there, and we go, may I go to the restroom instead? Uh, that's what it feels like when there's stretching coming. We feel the stretching. Maybe we're afraid to say, Lord, I don't want to go through a time of stretching. Lord, don't bring me into times. Maybe that feels, maybe, you know, the good old American spirit, we feel like we should be like, any testing you bring me, Lord, bring the stretching, right? Bring the stretcher. I'm gonna, and we're just supposed to sort of grit our teeth uh, and, and bear it. Uh, after all, right, we probably deserve whatever trials we're going to go through anyway. Uh, and so part of us might be a little bit reticent to say, Lord, don't lead us into temptation because we think, you know what? I probably deserve whatever stretching I go through and it might be wrong. It's, it's just not right to ask out of any testing or to ask out of, of stretching. Uh, and so we might, we might not pray that for that reason. Another reason is maybe uh, we're afraid to pray about stretching or during times of stretching because we feel like we don't want to admit that we are tempted during the stretching. In other words, we don't want to admit that I'm being stretched right now. Sometimes we're stretched by things as Christians that we know we shouldn't be stretched by. 
Some of you moms get stretched by your kids when you have talked to other moms about how you shouldn't be stretched by your kids. Uh, And you'll be going through the exact same situation that you've just talked to other mothers about, and you're about to break after you've, you know, sort of stroked the hair uh, of other mothers. and like, oh, oh, honey, it's going to be okay. I've been there too. Uh, There you are back at it again. And so you almost don't even want to admit that you're going through a time of stretching that you feel like shouldn't be stretching you. And we've all been in situations where we go through a time of testing or stretching that maybe it was a temptation you thought you had beaten by now. Maybe, gentlemen, it is your self-control. Maybe you struggle with anger. Maybe, you, maybe those sorts of things were things you felt like you dealt with. And so then you feel the stretching. And instead of saying, Lord, you know, deliver me from this. Don't lead me into this. You feel like if you say that, you're admitting a failure. And so you, you, maybe you're even sort of shy to admit that it's still a stretching as if you don't admit it, then maybe God doesn't know that you're tested by it. Maybe he doesn't know that you're tested by, you know, what you see on the internet or what you saw in a commercial or how you felt about your wife or how you felt about your kids or how you felt about your husband. You don't, it doesn't feel like you should be stretched by that. That's what the world is stretched by. The world struggles with those things. I'm not supposed to struggle with those things. And so you're even afraid to pray, Lord, don't lead me into the stretching that you see coming or that you're even in the midst of because it's almost embarrassing to admit that you're stretched right now, that you can look your husband in the eye who's a faithful, godly man and still be stretched to love them the way you're supposed to. Uh, And so we're almost embarrassed to admit uh, these things are times of stretching uh, for us. Maybe we're afraid to tell God Uh, our struggles because we're afraid that if we tell him what our struggles are or what our fears are that's exactly what he's going to bring into our lives right well if I admit to God that I struggle with this that's what he's going to bring my way Uh, he's going to bring that if I if I say Lord uh, don't let me be tested by this he's going to go oh well now I know your weak spot uh, and that, that's when it, and that, that sort of weird view of, of God that, that he's going to give you exactly what you don't want, uh, that you're going to ask him to not lead you in a particular time of stretching. And he's going to go, well, that's exactly the one I'm going to bring. Uh, maybe that as weird as that is, that is sometimes how we think about times of stretching. That's how we think about, uh, you know, sadly, our God uh, is that he's going to bring exactly the thing that we don't want to go through and we're asking not to go through. Uh, And so the Bible actually goes out of its way to convince us to pray this prayer and to convince us that we don't have to have these fears. To convince us that this is a good prayer in the Lord's Prayer. Isn't all these other prayers that we've seen in the Lord's Prayer, he's not sliding this last one in to sort of get you unexpectedly. This is a good thing for you to pray. It is a blessing from the Lord that the Lord will answer these prayers. And so the Bible is going to teach us, not just command us to pray this as Jesus did. He says, when you pray, he didn't say when you pray, think about praying maybe one of these things. He says, when you pray, pray like this. And he gives us the things to ask of the Lord. And so to show us why we can pray uh, and must pray confidently for the Lord to not lead us into temptation. Uh, Last week, we looked at the Christian and temptation in general. 
This week or today, we're going to look at God and temptation. Last week, we looked at our relationship with testing, our relationship with, with stretching. What is it? What are we asking God not to do? This week, we're going to look at God and times of stretching. What can we know about trials uh, and temptations? And what do we need to remember when it comes to our understanding of God and what he's doing when we're being stretched? Uh, when we're being stretched by him, how do we need to think, not just about us in that situation, how can we think and how must we think about God in that, in that situation? The first thing that the Bible is going to uh, teach us and, and really encourage us with is that God hears. The first thing you've got to know about times of stretching and asking for the Lord not to lead you into stretching, not to bring you into these times of stretching. The first thing we can know is God here. So this, this prayer, asking God not to lead us into temptation, is not a new prayer. It's not a prayer that you're going to find only here in the Bible. It's not even an uncommon one. In, in fact, these, these, these times of stretching, prayers to, to avoid tests, trials, uh, temptations, are often linked together in, in Scripture. Uh, for example, believers are, are to pray, often uh, encouraged to pray, not to enter into tests. We see this mentioned in every gospel. The chief place is when Jesus is going to the cross. And the temptations that the disciples are going to face, particularly during a time of, of prayer here. But look, uh, Mark chapter 14, verse 38. Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. We see the same thing as this event is, is accounted in Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Luke twenty two forty. And when he came to that place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Luke twenty two forty six. just a little bit further down. He said to them, why are you sleeping? Rise and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Now, again, we might go, well, you know, this says not to enter into temptation, but, but remember, temptation, trial, they're all the, the same word. So however you want to translate it, trials, testing, temptation is, is not, a, it, it's common to pray that we not enter into times of, of stretching. And that's what Jesus is having us pray for here in the Lord's Prayer. So if you'll remember what, the, the timing of everything when we get here in, in Mark 14 and Matthew 26 and Luke 22, when we get here and Jesus tells his disciples, hey, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And this is happening, you know, in his life, right before the, the crucifix, he's instructing them to pray this. This is not a new prayer for them. This is the very prayer he taught them to pray all the way back in Matthew 6, like we're looking at now. This is how he taught them to pray. Remember how I taught you, he could have said, he could have said, remember how I taught you to ask the Father not to lead you into temptations, to pray, don't lead me into temptations. Well, here we're getting now in Matthew 22 or Matthew 26 in Luke 22, we're getting the, the disciples getting to put that prayer into action. So, so we're told multiple times, multiple times to pray this prayer, to pray that we might not be tested, that we might not be tried, that we might not be tempted. God wants us to ask him to save us from temptation. And God hears you when you're afraid that you might fail. God hears that fear. God knows. And, and when, you, when you come and you pray that you might not fall into temptation, 
God tells you to pray that prayer. Why? Because he hears. He hears you when you cry out to him. So the, the, the first thing I want us to understand about this prayer is that God will hear you when you talk to him about your fears, about the stretching that you don't want to go through. When you tell him you're afraid that you're not just going to get stretched, you're afraid that you might break. God hears those prayers. In fact, he encourages you to pray that. Don't be afraid to tell God your fears as if he doesn't hear, as if he doesn't care. Don't be afraid he's going to be mad. And certainly don't be afraid that he's going to hear your fears and bring those things into your life. All the reasons we have not to pray this. God doesn't care. I'm not going to pray this because God doesn't care. He cares. He hears your prayer. He cares. I'm not going to pray this because God's going to be mad. So I'm not going to even admit that I'm stretched. God cares. He hears. He cares. He wants you to pray this. He wants, he wants to, to not bring you into temptation. He wants to deliver you from the evil. Don't be afraid that, that he's going to bring it to you. That's not how God works. That's how pagan gods work. Pagan gods listen for the, the, for, the, for the little, you know, sort of fault lines in their believers. And then they bring them into their lives. That's not, that's not how the God of the Bible works. So pray about your times of stretching. One, because God will hear you. And that should be an encouragement to you. It shouldn't frighten you that God's going to hear your prayer. If we have a right understanding of God as our, like Jesus said in Matthew 6, if we have a right understanding of God, not just as God, but as our Heavenly Father, when I tell you that God will hear your prayer about you going through times of stretching, that should be an encouragement to you. If it's not an encouragement to you, if it is frightening or discouraging, that's, that's not a... That's a problem of your view of God that you need to address. If, you, if, you, if the idea that God hears your prayers is a bad thing that is so foreign to how Scripture talks about our prayer life. One of the great, we saw this in week two. We talked about prayer. Week two. That was like, it was only like six or seven months ago. So surely, surely we all still remember by now. But prayer, the fact that the Lord hears our prayers is one of the greatest promises to believers in the entire Bible. That God hears you. Um, so the first thing I want us to know when we pray, God, don't, don't lead us into temptation. Don't lead us into times of testing. Don't lead us into trials. Don't lead us into these stretching moments is that God will hear your prayers and that's a good thing. God hears and that's a good thing. Which we get in the second part because not only does God hear, God understands. It's the second thing that when the Bible is talking about God and, and praying the, this prayer, the, the second thing the Bible tells us is that God understands. So when we are praying to the Father, the, the Bible tells us that when we're praying, Christ is, is interceding on our behalf. That he's seated at the right hand of the Father as our advocate. Uh, Satan is our accuser. Uh, Christ is our advocate. And when you and I are battling temptation, when we're being tested, when we feel ourselves being stretched thin, and maybe we feel like we're going to crack, and so we're crying out to either not be led into a time of stretching or to be delivered from it. You know, we can, we can see our failure sort of, sort of coming. We see the possibility of it. We've, we've restrained our lips, but it feels like our lips 
are being pulled uh, thin. We feel like we're just barely hanging on. We're like that cat in that poster, you know. Uh, What's that from? The, is that the 90s or the 80s? You know, the cat just hanging on there on the poster. You millennials don't know what I'm talking about. Google it. Uh, and, and we feel like we're just sort of hanging on. And so we cry out to God to help us. We cry out that we wouldn't be dropped into stretching, but instead delivered from evil. When we pray that, the Bible wants us to understand. God wants us to know that Christ knows what we're going through. That he understands the battles we face as God's children in the midst of a world of sin. The battles that we face around us, the battles that we face inside of us. The Bible goes out of its way to make sure we understand that God understands. That when you go to God and you talk about stretching, that God's not like, I got no idea what you're talking about. I, have, I, I, don't, I can't even understand even the idea of being stretched. Because I am God and I am perfect and I'm holy and there is no stretching in me. The Bible goes out of its way to say, no, our God understands our stretching. Turn to Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 and 18. It says this, therefore, he, that's Christ, had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For, because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. So, so not only does, does Christ understand our prayers, it says, he understands, but he's also able to help us. So that he's able to help us. Why? That, 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 so when we pray, we don't, we don't have to fear because Christ will deliver us. Christ has delivered us from the very thing that we're afraid of. He's a, he is a faithful high priest, a merciful and faithful one. Our high priest has brought a pleasing sacrifice to the Lord for any sin that we've committed or that we might commit. So, so we might fear that we're going to crack, but here we see we've got a high priest that, that, that even our cracks are not going uh, to disqualify us or revoke our relationship with the Lord because we've got a high priest, it says, who understands what we're, what we're being stretched by and who's already paid for any of the times that our, our stretching becomes our breaking. So if you're fearful of stretching and you think, well, God doesn't understand, I feel like I'm going to break. And if, this, if I break, if, if I fail, that's going to be the end. Here, the Bible says, look, we have a high priest who is faithfully offering a sacrifice for the sins you've previously committed and the sins you're afraid you're going to commit if you get stretched too thin. If you get stretched too much by whatever you're going through. We have a high priest who is able to make a sacrifice for that sin so we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear that we're going to lose our salvation, so to speak, if we fail in this, in this stretching. Now, this is meant to give us confidence. This is meant to get, give us confidence in our fight against sin. Confidence when we're being stretched. Because one of the things that happens when we're stretched is we get a little discouraged. Stretching can be discouraging. I mean, stretching is discouraging when you're just physically stretching, right? When someone's like, all right, touch your toes. You already are like, I don't want to do that. Uh, I don't want to touch my toes. Uh, 
spiritual stretching even more so. It, it is very stretch, stressful, the stretching. And so here, what we sometimes need is confidence in the midst of the stretching, in the midst of the testing, in the midst of finding our limits. And so we, get, we see the same thing in Hebrews chapter 4, where the Bible is going to give us confidence in our fight against sin. Confidence in the midst of our stretching. So rather than seeing our stretching as, oh, I'm a big failure, I can't believe I'm even stretched, which is, again, one of the reasons we're afraid to even admit that we're going through stretching. I don't even want to admit the struggles I'm having in my marriage. I don't even want to admit the struggles I'm having in parenting. I don't even want to admit the struggles I'm having in my feeling toward other believers or whatever. Here we can see that in the midst of the stretching, you can actually have confidence that you can come through this. Look at Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16. We do not have a high priest, the same high priest he's just talked about in chapter 2, That high priest who was merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people, that high priest. Here he says, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. So recognize this, first off, Christ is able to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted, has been stretched as we are, yet without sin. Let us then... This is that weird turn of phrase here. Let it, because what it's saying is, look, he's been stretched just like you and not sinned. Normally that would make us go, oh, well, rats, well, then we're the worst. But that's not what it says. It says, since Christ has been stretched like you, since he's been tempted like you, yet without sin, let us then, what? With confidence, draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So how can you and I pray, Father, do not bring me into stretching. Father, do not lead me into temptation. Instead, deliver me from evil. The Bible says, because, because God understands, because Christ, as our high priest, stretched like us, yet without sin, that actually gives us confidence to go where? To the throne of grace. I don't know about you, but one of the sad realities of what we do in times of stretching is we actually move further from the throne of grace. We actually become afraid to admit it. We don't plead to the Lord our weaknesses. We don't admit that we're about to break. We don't admit those things. We don't admit how thin we're being stretched. We try to just... You just grin and bear through it. We try to, we don't talk about it. We pray about everything else. But here it says that we're to boldly go to the throne of grace so that we might find what? Mercy and grace in our time of need. So if you come to a time of need in your life, you feel like you are stretched thin. What do you need to do? Where's the first place you should go? To the, you should confidently Draw near to the throne of God, to that throne of grace, so that you might find the mercy and grace that you need. You need mercy and grace to get through what you're being stretched by. You, on your own, cannot make it through what you're being stretched by. You, on your own, cannot, in your own strength, just grit your teeth and get through it. So when you're facing a temptation, when you're going through a trial, when you're being tested... You've got to run to the throne of grace. But if we don't think God understands, 
then we're not going to run to him for help. We're afraid that he's going to know. We're afraid that he's going to know just how close we are to sinning. And so we think, just like kids do with their rooms, we think, let me clean it up first, and then I'll go. Let me make it, let me tidy everything up, and then I'll come to him, and he'll look and say, oh, well, this room's already clean. What do you mean? What do you, Lord, please help me. And I, but this room's already tidied up. That's what we try and do. We try and deal with it instead of first falling on our knees and crying out and asking him to not lead us into temptation, but to deliver us from evil. That being the first thing that we do. Not trying to, not trying to self-analyze, not trying to other-analyze, not trying to figure out how exactly to deal with this. The first thing we need to do is we need to go to the throne of grace and say, Father, I need mercy and I need grace if I'm not going to break. If I'm not going to break, if I'm not going to fail, and I do not want to fail you, I do not want to fail this test, I do not want to fail this temptation, we've got to understand that God understands. Then if God understands, if we have, as it says, a high priest who can sympathize with our weaknesses, then what will we do? We will boldly go to the throne of grace. We will draw near to the person we have no right to be near. Because we, are being, we would be drawing near to a holy God while admitting that we're being tempted to do unholy things. And yet, because of Christ, if we understand who our Savior is and what He's done, if we really believe that He has offered up a perfect sacrifice that covers even the sin that we're being stretched by, then we know we can approach the throne of God, and ask for the mercy and grace that we need to get through it. We don't have to tidy up the room first. We don't have to get our marriage in order first. We don't have to play pretend with God like we feel we've got to play pretend with everybody else. We don't have to do that. We fall on our knees, we approach God, and we ask for mercy and grace. And we understand that He understands our weaknesses and will give us exactly what we need in, as it says, help in our time of need. And so then we cry out, Father, do not bring me into testing. And we can be confident that seated right next to the Father is the one who was stretched just like us, sympathizing with our weaknesses. And so the same Christ who tells us in Matthew 6 to pray this prayer is the one that Hebrews tells us understands these prayers. It's interesting to think that as Christ is is telling the disciples to pray this, he knows that later, as they're going to be praying this very thing, he is going to be already seated by the Father doing uh, what he does. They don't even know that he's going to be doing yet because uh, I haven't read the book of Hebrews yet. Uh, so so, so this, this, this is, is he's understanding exactly what they're going to grow into their understanding of a God who is not cold to our struggles. We have a God who is holy, yet who is able to sympathize with his people. So then we can even talk about our fears of failure and come to our God, come to our Father in confidence. We can approach the throne of his grace and ask for mercy and grace during our time uh, of testing. Now, what do we know about being led into testing trials, temptations? What do we know about this stretching the last thing that we're going to see is that we can know that God will not abandon you. God will not abandon. So God hears, 
God understands, but you're not going to bring these fears to the Lord and find that he hears, he knows what you're going through, and then he drops you. He fails you. He abandons you to the stretching. Let's, let's talk about God's uh, testing of us. We, we, we've mentioned this before when we, we first started that there's a, there's a, a common phrase that people like to say like, uh, oh, the, the devil tempts, God tests, right? And I've heard it. And it's one of those things that when you're a pastor, you just in your head, you go, well, no. uh, because the problem is in the scripture, that's the, the same word in the Bible, in the Greek. Uh, and so in the Bible, we see this apparent paradox, we see this apparent paradox where God tests people, but the Bible also say that God doesn't test people. For example, James chapter 1. We see that God never tests his people. He never stretches his people. James chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. Let no one say when he is tempted, when he is stretched, when he goes through trials. Let no one say I'm being, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So he himself stretches no one, but each person is, is tempted is stretched when he's lured and enticed by his own desire. So here we see, oh, it appears to say God doesn't test us, right? God doesn't tempt us. He doesn't try us. But then you get to passages like Matthew 4. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was, what? Led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be what? To be tempted. So then you're going, wait, I thought, I thought God's not going to lead, you know, we're praying, don't lead us into temptation. Well, God would never lead you into temptation. And then you read two chapters before Matthew 6, you read Matthew 4 where it says, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness to be stretched, to go through a trial, to be tempted. And then we get, so then what we say is, well, maybe, maybe he leads us, but he himself never actually tests us. He just leads us, the Holy Spirit just leading him to where then Satan's going to do the tempting, testing. Well, then you get the problem of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 17. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he would receive the promise was in the act of offering up his only son. What we know though, so we see here that Abraham was, was tested. We know from Genesis 22, 1, that who was it that tested Abraham? Genesis 22, 1. After these things, God tested Abraham. So who is the one that is stretching Abraham? God is stretching Abraham. Uh, it's, if you read it in the King James Version, it, it's actually going to say God tempted Abraham uh, in, in, in the KJV. Because again, back then, that word tempt doesn't mean what it means now. Uh, here again, we see, we see translation, translations matter and these sorts of things when they're... When they're Translating the same word one way in one verse and then another way in another verse, it makes us feel as if we've got several different words going on here when we actually have the same word just being used multiple times and then translators just translating it different ways and we think, oh, that must be three or four different words. It's actually just one word that God used. So in Hebrews, God tests people. God tests Abraham. And in James, God doesn't test people. And so what do we do with that? How can we have, how can God do in Hebrews... What James, I mean, they're right there next to each other in the Bible. Uh, What James is going to say, God never does. What is clear, especially when you read the book of James, what is clear is what God is talking about there is the intention of the testing. The intention behind the stretching. If you notice, back in James, you go back to James chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. Flip there. Because Bird would have to do a backwards arrow, and that's really hard. Did he do it? Wow, he's really good. Uh... If you go back to James 1, 13 and 14, 
you'll see in James, the testing, the stretching was intended to bring about what? Evil, right? And so what it's saying is God never stretches us with evil as the intended outcome. So in other words, God, there is an intentionality behind the stretching. And God is not, God is not stretching us to do evil. In other words, God's never going to stretch you as a Christian with the desire of breaking you. And that's important for us to understand. When God is stretching you, it's never because God wants to pull you apart. And that's what, the, that's what our breaking is. That's what the evil would be, would be to, to, to sin. Now, again, personally, this is why I stay away from God tests, but he doesn't tempt because, again, the same word, it's the same word in Scripture. Well, I think it is more accurate to say God never stretches us to do evil. God never stretches us with the end outcome being toward evil. And that's the difference, is the intended outcome. And this is, again, why we see sometimes the word translated differently. I'm, I'm going to riff off of Thomas Watson a little bit, which is always good. He says, testing spurs the heart. Temptation excites the corruption. Yeah, dude, testing, testing, when you go through testing, and we, we translate that word that way, the idea is what you're going through is not meant to cause you to fail. Temptation, it seems, is designed with failure as the goal. So God tests his people. God tries his people. God stretches his people. But like James says, never toward evil. If there's any evil that comes, it doesn't come from God. It comes from you. It comes from us. As we're going to talk about uh, in two weeks, it's going to come from the evil desires that we have. And again, that, 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 so, so when God brings a trial or testing in, into the believer's life, it's always to grow them more into grace, not fling them into failure. So when God brings testing into the believer's life, it is not to pull us into sin. It is to grow us in grace and mercy. That's always the intended outcome. And again, it, it might seem obvious that that's what God would do. That of course God would never cause me to fail. He'd never bring anything with the intention being that, that I would end up, you know, uh, uh, committing evil in the end, failing in the end, uh, or, or whatever. But I actually think this is a big misconception about God in the Christian world. Because often we act as if God is always trying to get us to fail. You don't believe that? Think about how we think of the will of God often. And God's will for our lives. Often when we think about the will of God and God is testing us, right? Well, are you going to choose the right thing? And we're in a time of stretching. And the reason it's a time of stretching is because we don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. If it were obvious what to do, it wouldn't be a time of stretching. But since it's a time of stretching, you're looking at it and you're going, which way? What do I do? What am I supposed to, what am I supposed to, if, if it's not a stretching, when it's like, do I lie or not lie? Do I, do I commit adultery or not commit adultery? That's not a time of stretching, right? That's not something we are, what do I do? You know what you should do. But when we talk about the will of God, it's often this mysterious thing that we might or might not be in. Where God puts a choice in front of us that seems like the right one to us, but may actually in the end end up being out of his will. 
And then our lives are going to sort of spiral into all these non-wonderful plans that he has for us. So when we say, oh, it would be crazy to think that God would, would ever stretch us to sin. I mean, that's how we sometimes view how God treats us, though. We sometimes view God as if he knows what we should be doing and he hides that from us. That he knows the good for our lives and he's not going to tell us. He's going to stretch us and see if we'll figure out which way we're going to go or not. God, when he stretches you as a Christian, when he, stre- now, as a, when, when, when he stretches you as a child of his, the intended outcome of that stretching is always your good. And that's important for you to remember. Because when you go through times of stretching, sometimes the stretching feels like an abandonment, right? Because if we read James and we go, God never stretches, right? God never tempts. God never brings a trial. And then we're going through trials and we go, well, we just read in James that God doesn't bring trials. Ah, what do I do? Because I'm going through a trial. So that means, and if it's not from God, then, then it's all sort of chaos in this world. But if we know that if God brings a stretching our way, it is always intended for our good, then we can then approach the throne of grace with confidence because we know even the stretching that we're going through is not chaos and it is not outside the hand or purview or will of the Lord for your life. And we're going to see next week, maybe, Like some of the things we can know about God and what he says and how to view that stretching. But you can know, you can know that God, when you are stretched and you cry out, that God is never abandoning you to the trial. He's never abandoning you to the testing. He's never abandoning you to the temptation, however you want to translate, however you want to say it. He does not abandon his people. So we must have a right view of the Lord as we're even going through the testing to know my God hears me, my God understands me, my God will not abandon me. And the next time you go through a time of stretching, remember those things. When you feel stretched, go to your Lord. Go to the Lord. He hears. And you're not going to cry out to a God who is not there like the pagans do. Go to, you feel stretched thin by what's going on in your life? Go to the Lord. He understands. You have a high priest who sympathizes with your weakness. You can boldly approach the throne of grace of a holy God, even when you're stretched to do unholy things. Because your God understands. You can go to him for mercy and grace in your time of need. And know God will not abandon you. That God's going to hear, he's going to understand, and he will be your heavenly father. Let me ask you this, any of you who are parents, if your child came to you in a time of need, desperate need, and they cried out to you, who among you would abandon your child? You, being wicked parents, know how to give good things to your children. Does your heavenly father not also know how to do the same to his children? When you are stretched, when you're going through trial, temptation, testing, go to your father. He will take care of you because he loves you.
Let's pray. Let's take a moment now to just pray to our Heavenly Father. I want you to think, how do you view temptation? How do you view stretching? Do you, how do you view God in those moments? Think about the thing, last week we talked about what are you being stretched by? And we told you to pray about that thing or those things. This week, I want you to ask yourself, how do you view God when you're going through difficulty? How do you view him when you're being stretched? Do you really trust him? Do you trust God? So that you would go to, in the same way you would have gone as a child to your parents to help you. Do you trust God that you can go to him when you're being stretched? When you feel like you're about to break, is he the first one you're in? Do you spend more time thinking about how you're going to fix this? Fix you, fix them, fix whatever. Then you do how much you can trust God to fix it. How much you can trust God to get you through it. How much you can trust God, even in the midst of the stretching, that he has not abandoned you, that he hears you, he understands you. You can boldly go to him. How do you view God? When you go through testing, when you go through stretching, it should bring you closer to the Lord. Yet often what happens with our frail hearts is it causes us to move further from the Lord, which is the exact opposite of what we should be doing. When you're stretched, do you move closer to God or further away? When you go through a hard time, do you move closer to the Lord or do you become more distant? Turn to the Lord, trust in him in your, t- and if you, if, if you look at that and you say, you know what? I do move further from the Lord. My, my walk with the Lord does become a struggle during, during times of stretching. I don't trust him sometimes. I don't believe that he hears me and I don't pray like he hears me. I just pray like I know that's what I'm supposed to do, but I don't pray really thinking that the God of the universe hears me. Because I really believe that God hears me. I'd probably pray more than just once about it. I don't think that he really understands. I don't think that he cares. Because if I thought God really cared, then I would boldly pray. I would confidently come to him and ask my father for the grace and mercy that I need to get through this stretching. I would ask him to deliver me from it. And I would believe that he will. Do you feel sometimes like God has abandoned you? When you're going through a difficult time, do you have those fears that God has abandoned you to your marriage, has abandoned you to your home life, has abandoned you to your job, has abandoned you to your relationship with other believers, has abandoned you to whatever it is that you're being stretched by? Maybe you'd never say that, but when you look at your life, it sure seems like you feel like you've been abandoned because you don't turn to him anymore. You don't go to him. You don't run to him. Let's look at our stretching and see how we respond. And let's learn from that. And let's learn how testing not only reveals a lot about us, it reveals a lot about our view of God. Let's have a right view of God and we'll be able to handle our times of stretching with much more confidence uh, and come to him for mercy and grace.
Father, we come to you today, our Father. And Lord, as we talk about stretching, we know you know exactly what we uh, are, are going through. You know the battles of our hearts. You know the care you have for us as we're being stretched. As we're finding our limits. As we're, we're being tested or, or tried or tempted, Father, you know these things. And you care about us because we're your children. You're not just a cold God in the sky. You care about me when I'm tempted to sin. When you could rightly, Father, if you were just God, you could rightly wipe me from existence or even being tempted by evil. A preemptive strike against sin. And yet, Father, when I'm being stretched and when I'm being tempted, you tell me not go away. You tell me to come near. When I feel like I'm about to break, like I would with any of my children, I say, come to me. And Father, that's what you say to us. You tell us to draw near to your throne so that we might find the grace and mercy that we need. Father, help us today to realize that sometimes in our stretching, the problem is we don't think about you rightly. We've got a wrong view of you. And that's what makes the stretching way more difficult. Because we're not turning to the one who can actually handle it because we don't trust you. We don't believe you are who you say you are. We call you father, but we don't treat you like you're really our father. We don't think that you love us even as much as we love our own children, much less infinitely more. Because you love us with a holy, pure love. You are our ultimate father. And so father, forgive us. Forgive us that when our stretching that we think is one thing is actually another thing. Where the stretching is actually not the temptation that we're facing, but behind that is a stretching of of who we think you are. So Father, give us a right view of you. Let us see Christ and see in him a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses, who is stretched as we are, tempted as we are, yet without sin. So then let us boldly come to you, knowing that our high priest has paid for all of our sins and bids us come and speak to our Father and find mercy and grace in our time of need. Thank you, Father, for being who you are. May we not forget that when we're stretched in life. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.